0: From the backwoods and the swamp waters of the Sunshine State and all across America and the world,
1: this is The Big and Wild Outdoors with your host, Brayden Gunn, with Jonathan Swindle,
0: you know. and Bill George. He's right there.
2: Welcome back. Hour 2, Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcast live this morning out here at uh, G5 Feed and Outdoor in Plant City. It's at 9460 U.S. Highway 92, just west of uh, Plant City. Get off on the Na- North Branch Forbes Road exit. You know, that's the Dinosaur World exit or uh, seventeen Keel and Curly, uh, either one of those, and uh, head over there, go south, and hit uh, 92, and then take a lift. Go down about a quarter of a mile, and we're right here on the left-hand side. Can't miss it. Canot. Canot. Keelan Curry,
3: man, that's a cool place. You ever been over there? I've
2: I've been there a million years ago. I haven't been lately because I live in Pinellas County, and they have some very nice – libations there so they i'd do. have to i'd have to find a place out in the bushes to <laughs> camp for the night or something I, yeah i'm not you, gonna uber my booty all the way back to pinellas county
1: yeah
3: be a little bit of a you can hang there. out there all day you can do like the the vineyard tour and hang out have a few drinks i don't and, need to see
2: where that stuff comes from it just, just bring that's, the that's stuff. That's a sober
3: up time dude <laughs> you drive around let them drive you around for a while hey and wow you come back. hey hey great hey, grapes it's a grape i, I don't care who cares? Sorry about that part. It was still fun.
2: Know, I'm not worried about that part. Whatever. Uh, no. But we are out here. Of course, we're, the reason why we're out here is for the second annual Bill George Gator Clinic Extravaganza. We also
1: have uh, another guide coming up. How do
3: I go from I was building uh, it all uh, up to
2: hey. so one time at band camp?
3: Really, Bill? You have like, we're geez. trying to build it up, make you bigger than life, and you're like, so. Personality of wet toilet paper. No, patient. no, no. We're up here, and you went,
1: A humble man.
3: You killed the vibe, man. It's called radio, bro. <laughs> but Spit it out with some enthusiasm. We also
1: have uh, Captain Dave Smith uh, with Gatorators. Really? coming up. And uh, he, does it, he does it for a living. That's This is what he does is guiding alligators. Uh, we've met a number of times on the water. I've helped him out for here and there, and he's helped me off of the water. You know, things happen when you're alligator hunting.
2: And it's always good to have somebody who knows the predicament that you are in. Yes. Because I'm sure they've been through it before. It's like when you have all your mudding buddies and expect that call at 3 a.m. because you found a really sweet honey hole, but then you blew out your uh, <laughs> your uh, transmission <laughs> or something. And it's like, hey, Toby, can you come get me? I'm at hole four. Okay. All right. I'm asleep, but I'll be there in like an hour. Okay. You got straps? You know, at least you know. Speaking of Toby's, Toby Benoit made his way down here, drove all the way down here from somewhere around Stark, Florida, I'm sure. He was out there hanging out, doing something, chasing something in the woods. But uh, (laughs) you're here because for some reason you decided to team up with Vince Noble and Go down and
4: and try to rid the world of the python population in the Everglades. Uh you know, I'm just trying to ride his coattails to start em. Are
2: you go- are you gonna try to yeah. are you gonna try to get out there and knock down the population in one night? Are you out
3: for one night or two nights or what, how long are you
4: gonna be down there? Uh, two nights. We're
3: gonna go down on a Friday after work and then uh, probably hunt for a little bit that night and then all day Saturday.
2: Yeah. Okay, all day day during the day 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 well, day and night night.
4: Yeah, but two, now, two nights in t- one day, solid out in the woods.
2: Now I've watched Dusty show. I've watched it a million times. Dustin Crum and uh, daytime is is not as easy. I mean, daytime is is not as much
4: fun. It's cool. not it's not as much fun because the big snakes aren't moving as much, especially this time of year. But you got a lot of hatchlings right now, and the hatchlings—if you can find the nests and, and get off in the grass and the brush piles and just keep turning over, you know, palmetto leaves and, and brush piles—just keep looking. You can you can find the hatchlings pretty easy. Dude, are we, are we is...
3: bringing a blowtorch? Blowtorch. Burn them <laughs> glades. <laughs> There he is.
2: He's still smoking. Uh, we'll
4: pre-cook them. I mean, get them ready. Huh? Well, it kind, of, kind of defeats the purpose of trying to save the ecosystem by just burning it down to a waste. <laughs> they,
2: they burn the Everglades all the time It'll down not there,
4: just Control like, burns. Well, not control on, birds. on purpose, I'm sure. Yeah.
2: yeah, they do it on purpose out there, you know, and, of course, lightning as well. If it don't burn, it don't grow right, so it's all good. I would assume that trying to get to the hatchlings, as you like to refer to them, is about 1,000 times harder than trying to find adults. Unless you got your brain trained to see certain things on the ground. It's like Glenn with arrowheads in the state of Florida. He could be walking through the middle of Walmart in Tallahassee and find an arrowhead on the floor. <laughs> I, I mean, his brain is just trained to, there's one, you know, and, and, he, and he finds it. My brain is trained for some reason. Man, I can spot pygmy rattlers. I don't care if he's 50 feet away. There's one. I mean, there he is right there. And I, I guess you'd have to do that with the – pythons as well, because what are they when they're born? Eight, ten
4: inches when they uh, hatch? Yeah, they'll they'll, they'll come out of the egg about ten inches, ten to twelve, and within the first few months, they'll be three foot long.
2: Yeah, because they're immediately looking for food. It's I mean, it's baby alligators. Nothing is sacred. Everything is edible, and it doesn't matter if it's a butterfly, bug, lizard, a baby rat, whatever it is, they're going to eat it. That's right. To try to grow as quickly as possible uh so now's the time to catch them i guess when they are that small because they are literally in a feeding frenzy to get to a certain
4: weight yeah they're moving they're moving all day long and they're looking for something to eat you know the bigger snakes are going to hang out till cooler cooler weather nighttime plus they don't have
2: to eat as much as the smaller snakes do Uh, you know they get one good rabbit and you know, they're probably good for at least a uh, minimum of, what, three days or something like that? No, yeah, on that. something
4: like that, they'll take down a small pig or, or even a small deer, and they're good for a couple of weeks before they need to feed again.
2: Yeah, but those littles, man, they got to, they gotta, it's like any kid, you know. Dad, can I have a popsicle? Can I have a pizza? <laughs> Dad, can I go out and eat Arby's? Can we go get now, some, some food? It's like every 30 with, minutes.
1: With that, you're, you're down there hunting with somebody who's... Got the contract
4: with the, water with the South Manage Florida Water Management District. Yes. Yeah.
1: And now they, they turn around and they get like a uh, stipend or a. Um,
4: yeah, they pick up the bounty money through the, the South Florida. Yeah.
1: And now is that on a per snake basis? Per, per snake. So if you find that group of hatchlings and get
4: 10, 12 snakes. Well, any 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 snake up to four foot is worth 50 bucks. Okay. So if it doesn't matter if he's eight inches or, or, or right feet. at four feet. That's a $50 snake. Now you get so much money for every foot beyond that. You know, okay. say, say like an 8-foot eight, eight snake earn you about 200 bucks.
3: Not wow. bad. That's pretty good.
2: Yeah, but it's a hard day's work, man, for that $200, man, to go try <laughs> they, to find one. They'll definitely
4: big. make you earn it.
2: Yeah, sure, absolutely. But now if you go out there during the day, are you going to just try to hit morning and then mid-morning when it gets hot and nasty and there's no air moving? I mean, pretty much everything settles down in the Everglades at that time.
4: Yeah, it, it's the, it's to time. Pretty much past 10, 10 in the morning till about three in the afternoon.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, you've done this before.
4: You and Megan went down there what, like two, three months ago, four months ago, or something like that. And yeah, we've been we've been several trips down there yeah. with a lot of the different contractors with with the South Florida uh, Water Management District, and it's not an easy hunt. But it's a fun hunt. I mean, it's laid back. You don't have to have the, the discipline that you do. Like when you're deer hunting or turkey hunting, you got to sit still and be real quiet and stomp through the woods, turning stuff over, kicking over brush piles. And <laughs> well, there's hunting.
2: nothing left down there to spook anyway, so it's all good. Everything's been eaten. But Now, for, for, for those that don't know, do the snakes have to be dispatched there or— or do they have to be taken out and brought in alive with swift mud? No, I get that a
4: lot, people asking, you know, why aren't you carrying a gun? Why aren't you just shooting them on site? A lot of the federal properties down there, they're, they're not allowed to carry a firearm. That's so right. They have to be bagged up, and uh, we catch them live. And also, even when you're, not, you're outside of the feds, uh, if, you're, if you're not uh, bagging them and keeping them for, for euthanasia later, you got to have a lot of ice and a lot of coolers. Otherwise, that's the, skin, the scales are going to be slipping, the skin's going bad, the meat's going bad. You know, and uh, So
2: if you're going to keep them to use them later.
4: To use them later. If you're going to do something with that snake, yeah. it's best to keep it alive. Right.
2: But if you're just out there just to get them out of there and kill them and hang them in a tree like a, sh- like a shrike, it's all good. I guess you could do that too. But then you're missing out on money because you got to turn it in to get paid. Well, we just going right. to keep
3: one for having some python steaks on the grill later that day. Python
2: steaks. Yeah, why not? What size are you looking for, man? Yeah. How are you gonna going to get steaks? I'm out looking of... for the big boy. Yeah, I don't know. You might get chops, maybe. I don't know about steaks. You cut them sideways. Chops or... work too. I'm good. You'd have to get like a 18 hey. foot snake to get decent chops out of it. You might
1: get a flank steak out of it. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: flank, A, flank. a ba- lot of back strap on a snake.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah tons. Yeah, yeah, you got a lot a of long, back strap. Nice long strap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> long
2: strap. Now, uh, speaking of that, uh, Vince asked you, I know that. Uh, with your cookbook, you know, Country Carnivore, I know you don't have a particular recipe for snakes, do you? In there, or but actually, you could actually
4: we do. That that, that boat, was
2: for rattlesnake, though. I thought no pythons. I've oh, got yeah.
4: recipes in there for python chili and uh, pasta sauces, and you know that was all the way back in in twenty fourteen. Yeah, and I was trying even back then to to get people to start hunting them and, and eating them. Yeah trying to help, you know, curb the population, kind of like uh, Paul Prudhomme did with the redfish. Yeah. You know, back in the day, redfish was, was Nobody a trash fish. Them. Nobody yeah. would eat them. Mudfish, yeah. You now nah, everybody uh, you can't get their hands on one. Chef Prudhomme come out with a black and redfish recipe, and, I mean, yes, that's the go-to fish right now. Everybody yeah. wants a red.
2: Yeah, now we have limits on it. Thanks, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like anything. Uh, I know that USF, uh, like the green lip mussel problem that we had in Tampa Bay, it's been pretty much reduced to almost nothing now because uh, USF came out and said, you know, those are edible. And the only way that we're going to keep them in check is if we get people to start eating them, which they're they've gone. done. And yeah. they're, they
4: are can't find them anywhere no, now. That, that was an epic fail with the snakes, though.
2: Yeah, but we'll talk more when we come back. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. Stay right here. We are the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting live out of G5 Feed and Outdoors, 4960 U.S. Highway 92 in Plant City, just west of Plant City, Come to see us out here today. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford and our good friends right here at G5 Feed and Outdoor. Uh, yeah. Hey, I was talking with a friend of mine. Welcome in, everybody. Big and <laughs> Wild Outdoors, we're back. We're broadcasting live this morning at G5 of uh, uh, feed and Outdoors, 9460 U.S. Highway 92 West. I tried to get Rob to come out here and talk about some of the new stuff that's inside with the ATV. And he's, he gives me the whole, oh, i got to through, i got to shut through. Dylan drives, i, I got to yeah, no, open outside. up the
3: store and get ready. Don't yeah, yeah, you yeah. see all these ATVs and everything and golf carts out here? They don't just move themselves. It took him 10 minutes. It took 10 minutes. I mean, it, it takes, Where's he at? There's processes. He's got to check the monies in, put them in the drawer. Come on, man, you know better than that. That's
2: what Val does. That's what Oz does. They all have their particular jobs. Don't worry about it. It's all gone. It's all handled. You are here. It's all handled. We, it's true. We all we
3: got is you, buddy.
2: Well, speaking of me, I'm here. Braden Gunn. Vince is here. Bill George is here. Toby Ben-Wise stopped by. I wanted to let you guys know if you have been keeping track, if you're looking for stuff to do, speaking of tracks, out of Bone Valley, uh, do yourself a favor, uh, make sure you call them ahead if you're going to go out and do some riding around with the Central Florida storms that have kicked up, you know, with the new track out there, all the... Uh, billions of dollars that was spent out there to bring in all that red clay and all that kind of good stuff out there on the track portion of it. Sometimes they shut down that track so it doesn't destroy everything. So if you're planning on getting out there and riding on the track track part of it, not the trails, but the track part of it, you want to make sure you call them first and make sure that it's open or whatever it is because they're having to do a lot more maintenance with these you know, morning and afternoon showers that come through and uh, kind of mess with that that red clay out there for a while. So if you're not following them on uh, Facebook or something like that, you may want to find them online and give them a call. When I heard the Bone Valley commercial about that, it reminded me, I saw that uh, they posted something this past week that was like, track's closed, too much rain, don't want to destroy it, <laughs> cost us millions. So, you know, I can understand that. So it, it, speaking of four by fours the, and yeah, four
1: winters. Well, and that's the funny thing is when I used to hunt back in the 80s, if we had a lot of rain and the roads started getting messy, they used to turn around, around FWC, we'd put a little sign out, four-wheel drive vehicles only, you know. Now, they completely shut every road down. Oop, oh, oop, oh, oop, oh, we got to protect the road.
2: Yeah, because if you put a sign up there that says four-wheel drive vehicles only, in about two hours it's going to turn into a very good country mud hole with lots of tailgates downs and blue cans sitting on the back. That's not the worst of things. It's going to be uh, people calling up going, hey, hey, but, got a mud hole here on Tram 10. Come on out. But
1: <laughs> but now they maintain the roads to the point where a Prius could turn around and ride around in a lot of these places. And it, it's like, really? I'll
3: bring the PBR. You I'm know, on the way. A Prius.
1: Yeah, they have closed a road because somebody in a little dinky car got stuck because there was a little dipty do, and they got hung up in it. So,
2: yeah, well, I, I, you know, it reminds me of when Bill George said, hey, man, you could just bring your focus out here and just follow me into the woods and come on out here. I'm like, "Nah, I'll bring my truck.
3: And famous last words. Don't worry about it. Yeah,
2: don't worry that's, about it. Don't I worry. Can, that's yeah, what I get with Bill. Well, don't worry about through. it. Yeah, that's that's the part. That's the don't worry about it part. I'll just throw a strap on there and we'll just yank you through all the way, Everything. It's all good.
3: <laughs> you might not have an undercarriage by the time you get done, but yeah. you'll get out.
2: Yeah. So it's going to be one of those things where. uh uh yeah, uh, yeah, Bill George, I thought you said you could make it through. Hang on, I'll get my strap. We'll make it. Don't worry. I'll just pull
3: you the rest of the way. No, I, got, I gotta dig through all this stuff first. Hold on. No. <laughs> it'd be better just to... Let
1: me, you knew, somebody <laughs> asked for zip ties this morning. What happened?
3: Bill dug in his truck and came out with the bag of zip ties. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: out zip ties. I
3: ain't ragging on about that, dude. You got everything you need all the time. From
2: 1907. Also joining <laughs> us out here this morning, Toby Benoit. His adventures are going to just begin because... He's headed out a little bit later on, I think, in August uh, with First Vince. Weekend. Yes, sir. Who else is going? You,
4: Vince? Is Megan showing up? Megan Bales? She's He's, showing up? Uh, well, it's tentative. She's still stuck in Texas. Yeah. So if she can wrap up business in Texas, she'll be here. All We're right. bringing
3: Steve from uh, Bay Pines Bait and Tackle. He wants to go out there.
4: I understand. Diego is going to be joining us.
3: Diego's going to be joining us as well. He's going <laughs> to go out and play with some snakes. Dude, you're surrounded by this-
2: Tenderfoot novices who've never, ever, ever seen the likes of any of that in their entire I will lives. I'll bring them
4: all home safely, I promise you. <laughs> Don't, you know what? You can, bring them home. Maybe.
2: you can bring them home safely, but bring them home shocked. That's what oh, I want to I'm going to be shocked. I mean,
1: quote whoa, unquote, whoa, whoa. hold on. You heard it. You heard it. Come it, back to this. If I could
4: be, no, be shocked. No, I'm going to be shocked. Oh, I know. Yeah, a good 13, 14 footer, uh, Vince get her done you <laughs> see, you see what, what a lot of people don't understand about me going snake hunting is i'm scared of snakes my very first snake hunt i was going out with uh, python cowboy mike kimmel down in the everglades and he invited me to come and go snake hunting and i'm thinking okay i got the 410 i got some you know three inch number four shot groovy no problem right and he said, and like three days before the hunting i called to confirm with him he's like no 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 no, we can't have any firearms down here so well, what are you how are you gonna hunt them? he said well, you catch them with your hands
3: really yeah, that's what Toby told me the other day I'm like huh
4: so I uh that's I immediately got on the phone with Megan who is fearless and she's bailed me out of a lot of tight, tight spots you know critters I'm scared of <laughs> and she came down she's she was all over it she's mm-hmm. like oh yeah you know so I sat and I pretty much videoed and, and photographed the first few hunts it took me a while before I'd actually handle the dadgum things and don't you get not you- over eight ten foot I'm not doing it solo. I'm, uh, somebody else is going to be catching with me.
2: Can't you use, like, a grabber, like, uh, you know, they use on, uh, like, you know, poisonous snakes, that little thingy-thingy with the, like, little jaws oh, on yeah, the end You know, of? a
4: lot of people have tried that, but the snakes, especially the larger ones, are so heavy and they're so powerful. Oh, yeah, and yeah. then the farther out the hour from your, from your body, hand them on the end of that stick. Sure. It's almost impossible to keep, up, keep them under control.
2: Uh, I, know, I know you don't want to kill them uh, because if you— you know, I want to use them later on for meat or hide or any of that other stuff like that. But could you like use like a single prong, like frog gig or something, and just like you know, pin that sucker by the side of the neck? I mean, that's not going to kill it. Yeah,
4: no, a lot. Like, of, a lot of people ground. do that, like a big flounder gig, and they'll yeah. and and they'll gig them, well, which will kill them. You know, and then they just got to keep them on ice and the whole nine yards. I mean, you're 70 miles out in the middle of the glades, in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. It's kind of hard to stop when you need more ice. <laughs> yeah, you can just yeah. go get ice. Can you
2: run up to that 7 Eleven up there about, uh, well, I don't know, uh, 120
3: miles away? Sure. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I mean, am I a little nervous? Yeah. I'd be stupid to well, say I wasn't nervous. Well, you know. the very
1: first year they had it down there where you can go participate in it, um, I turned around. I went down with my alligator harpoon. And my goal was to find one out there in the water and get them harpooned and just. Have that buoy. Just watch that buoy go taking off. <laughs> I, I I thought that was the cool would, would have made the coolest video back then. That, that would
4: make a cool video if you can if you can catch him in the water and hit him. Yeah, but uh, the water is so dark, especially at nighttime when you're when you're out on it's it's really hard to spot them. Yeah, it's like really dark you know? dark tea. Well, we and, were, and they'll hear that that boat coming from a while. Sink to the bottom, fish. and they'll they'll hug the bottom, and you're just not going to see him. It's yeah.
3: like an alligator get down there and hold on to well, you. We were on. we were talking the other day, and I told Toby, I was like, "Bro, I need you because I'm new to this." I said, "Going down in the Everglades, I'm new to all this part." So well, for me, it's it's going to be an experience.
2: If we, you've never been down to the glades, just getting down in there alone is is a great experience. It's I remember the first time I ever went down there and saw the sun come up over the Everglades. All I could think of is it was like. Like being in the African savanna, you know, it's just just as flat as you can, as far as you can see with just a few trees popping up here every once in a while. And it's just all I could think of was like the veldt, you know, like the sun coming up, uh, you know, over the African plains. It's, yeah, with the, it's a totally
4: different With, with the birds world. and wildlife everywhere around you. You know, yeah. back in the 90s when I was going down to Big Cypress a lot. Yeah and i felt the same way as like national geographic you know the old african pictures with the wildlife everywhere and the birds and the whole nine yards it's a wasteland now yeah the birds are gone the wildlife is gone a portion of the glaze, 90% of the the mammal life is completely wiped out
2: and i don't think that i don't think that a lot of people i know that we there's a large segment of the population who sees the stories about pythons on their local news, and they see pythons about this, and, yeah, there's a show on Discovery or on the History Channel or whatever it is, and there's some barefoot crazy guy who runs around out there and does it and <laughs> catches snakes, and it's it's entertainment. But what they don't understand is the effect of that, and uh, it's the same thing that Bill George talks about with the Cougars down there, you know, that you got these Florida Panthers – that we've been protecting for so long, and not being able to do anything about, and now, along with that and the python population, dude, there's like nothing gets a chance to grow up. I mean, it's well, it, uh, it, it, everything is dying. Either they they die as a baby from the pythons, or they die as
4: an adult from the from the panthers. And there's a big ripple effect amongst the predators down there right now, since there is no food. Even you see the alligators, you see twelve, fourteen foot alligators they're as skinny as this table is wide because there's nothing for them to eat and the, and the pythons have now started eating the alligators because there's nothing left and one of the reasons why we're wow. going down there not only just for the hunt
3: but we're, we're, we're going to be filming an episode but I also want to hit more on the, on the conservation side of it as well like, like Toby was saying that ripple effect is, is harming everything around it
1: well pay attention to water levels and where they manage them because some things stay a lot deeper and longer than it should and you know it, it's just it's just real
2: interesting what we what we do and how we manage water. It's going to be a
3: fun time. I, I mean, I'm really looking forward to it. Kill them all.
2: All right, we're going to take a break. G5 Feeding Outdoors, that's where we are. Come by and see us. Gator Seminar starts at 1030, goes until 1. We are brought to you by Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. Stay around here. We'll be back. Here we go, Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting this morning out from G5 Feed and Outdoor in Plant City, official address, 4960 uh, West U.S. Highway 92. Come on out. Of course, the Gator Seminar starting up at 1030 until 1 o'clock with Mr. Bill George, and who's the other guy coming out?
1: Dave Smith, Gator Raiders.
2: Gator Raiders, Dave Smith will be out here as well, so they'll uh, do some demonstrations, give you some rules and regs, and... Any other questions you may have and kind of go over some of the equipment that you may want to use? I know that uh, G5, Glenn will be happy now because uh, just got their big shipment of Wicked Lights. They're here now available at G5, so you have the three-color lights uh, for the headlamps and then, of course, for predator hunting as well with the gun mount type thing and then also the handheld light, too, if you'd like to go that route. Um, great great light. Uh, works extremely well. A uh, lithium-ion battery pack that goes onto the back of the cap that you wear, so you don't have any cords and all that stuff. You're not attached to a battery or anything like that. And if you want to do that, you got the battery charger. You can have a spare pair, charge them while you're sitting there messing around. That's pretty cool. And the other good is thing is, is that when you change the color on the on the three-color ones, it doesn't shift your point of aim, because on some of those, if you uh, like the varmint rifle ones, if you get three different colors. If you've ever looked at one of those, like, LED projection flashlights, you'll see there's that little tiny little square in there. Well, those are put, you know, across from each other. You know, there's, like, four in there, right. a four-square thing. So when you shift it, like, if you, if you sight your gun in on green, and then when you shift to red, it'll move over like a foot and a half. And when you move down, it will be white. <laughs> and if you do blue, so it you it'll move there. over, so it'll literally go all around the – thing and you have to shift around that well the the way the wicked lights is made when you flick the light and you change it it doesn't change your point of aim on there so uh good technology good to have
1: and and the wicked light is really nice if you have it dimmed and you turn around and turn it off and when you turn it back on, it's not like some of these lights that we have where it immediately comes on to the highest intensity and you got to work your way down. It comes back to right where you left it at. Oh, so,
2: that's a Yeah, I didn't know that part. That's a good I, idea. I have
1: only found one downside to, to these lights. What's that? The batteries being lithium-ion. Right. They turn around. It doesn't matter, wicked light, anything that uses that light. When you turn around and are running it, when it decides it's done...
3: It shuts off. It shuts
1: off. It's not like your old light. Well, it starts getting to dimmer, and it's getting dimmer, and it's like, oh, I need to put some batteries in. You you could be turning around going at an alligator for in our case, and all of a sudden you're you're getting close to your casting thing, and click click. How, you're like,
3: how long does the battery last on those?
1: It all depends. You can get different amp hour, you know, so many different milliamp hour batteries for them, and. Two to three hours, I think, of full
2: power, you know, kind of deal.
1: It's hours. But,
2: yeah, it's not minutes. And uh, that's why some of those ones are kits. So you could, while you have two in your your light, you can have two on the charger, which are attached to your 12-volt battery, that kind of thing. And on the light, I know that on the handheld, if you put the handle on there, there's a place on the bottom, like on an AR, where you can put two spare batteries in the bottom that are fully charged so you can switch them out real quick and put them in there, which is – I thought was a good idea, and they told me at the factory that they're going to be going to the higher uh battery they're getting rid of the smaller uh battery, but all the lights will run on either one, so yes. it doesn't matter yes so but the the lower batteries that only last two hours two and a half hours something like that they want to go with the the higher ones no, so it it
1: has been an extremely well working. they're great light. lights,
2: they really are I know Glenn had a pair of them, and man that thing man you once you fire that thing on it's 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 great.
1: They are not the cheapest light. You can't get them for $25 on Amazon, but they work. They work well. Multicolor, dimmable. And they're
2: warrantied. So that's the other good thing. So if anything happens. We've uh, never had
1: to use a warranty.
2: No, well, I'm just saying it it is. But uh, speaking of water and all that stuff, is your lousy brother going to try to call the show? Um, I I believe he's on hold right now. How do you know?
3: Well, because I've been texting him.
2: Well, now, you know, Diego's out of the studio today, so JB's in there. And JB's
3: so, got this under control. I got you, faith you wanna, in our girl. You
2: want to see if, if she can pot him up and see if he's there? Sure. You want to bring him on. Is, is he available, JB? JB. Hello. You know, you're, you can Mueller. talk on the radio, too. It's okay. You can answer us if you want to. I'm hearing birds. Oh, wait. Oh, I, just, oh, uh, she's, I just got patched through. Oh, hey, there you
3: yeah, go! It is. Good can, morning, sunshine. Can you
2: hear us, Tony? On,
0: I hear noise now. <laughs> yes.
2: Technology yeah. Technology's
0: great when it works, right? <laughs> yeah.
2: Talk to us, not to the phone. <laughs> hey, no,
0: that's okay. How you guys doing?
2: How, we're fine. We're out here just hanging out in the uh, sunshine. Well, not really sunshine. We're under a covering, so it's all good. Say, it's you're a, a little warm though. today. It's,
0: uh, <laughs> yeah, I was about to say it's, it's brisk and I'm uh I'm in the shade so. <laughs> so so little brother,
2: it's, he
3: just said it was brisk. Uh, Where's he at in Wisconsin? Yeah, no, he's in Largo. He's he's not brisk in Largo. I can tell you that. Yeah, uh, you know, well it's, now, it's,
0: it's a nice uh it's a nice cool like what 85 degrees outside. You know it's nice.
3: It's beautiful. <laughs> Roll drive with your windows <laughs> it's, down. It's a perfect day to get in the water and do some scuba diving. Is that what we're exactly, doing? Right. Is that what you're doing? That's what we're doing. Little That's brother, okay, tell tell everybody what you, yeah. Tell them what you got going on. I know you and uh, our friend Trish has started up something really cool, and we're excited to uh, be a part of that. And I'm, I'm learning scuba diving myself, so I'll let you take it over from there.
0: Sure, yeah, man. Um, my dive buddy and I decided to start up an instruction business uh, called Blue Descent Divers. Our idea is basically um, a no-BS approach to scuba diving, man. It's all about getting out there, having fun in the water, and having zero snags on the way. You don't want any of the politics or any of the issues to stop you with enjoying a good time. You know, um, have any of you guys done any underwater stuff before?
2: Uh, I have in the past. I was once certified, but now I'm lost, or I should say, I was found. I was found, but now I'm lost. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's been you've a w-
0: always been lost as long as I've known you. But <laughs>
2: yeah, but it's been a while. But when you say politics and all the other stuff, what is it you're trying to avoid? I mean, what what do you just, mean by that?
0: Just all the inner shop drama that you would get sometimes going through. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's the same anywhere. I've seen it in hunting shops with or gun shops or anything. It's just there's there's internal you know politics between staff members or between charters and and staff members. It's just. We're trying to avoid all of that and just bring, a, like I said, a zero-issue experience to our divers.
3: It's like so having a high school click.
0: Out. Yeah, yeah. you're cutting out the middlemen. You're just going there to have a good time.
2: So and basically what you're saying out. is it's like the no-nonsense uh, concealed weapons classes. They get in there, teach right. you what you need to do to get her done, and then go out there, and then you finish or it let's up. go and, dive, yeah. And then go dive. Right, now, right. exactly. You know. when, now, for, for some that are out there, I mean – Diving can be extremely dangerous. I mean, you're not looking, you're not taking this as some flippant thing where you're just okay. trying to pump out people to be divers or something. I mean, uh, you know, people die doing this crud.
0: Yeah, no, you want everyone to have as much training as possible. You want to have the most competent people as possible in the water. You don't want anybody out there that's going to be a, a loose gun. You don't want the thrill seekers immediately, you know, jumping in there and saying, hey, you know, I'm going to do what I want. And before you know it, they're out of air. You know, <laughs> you, you want to actually yeah. make sure these people know what the heck they're doing. And here, so, here's
3: the cool part, too. I mean, uh, my brother and Trish, master divers. My brother's a combat medic. Trish is a nurse. So you're in good hands. You know, you're not going underwater with people who don't know how to save a life either.
2: So you're saying you could get scuba diving lessons and a prostate exam at the same time? Depending on you know how... I
0: mean, for an extra cost. I mean, I'm, I'm not too cheap, but, uh, yeah, I'm not too <laughs> proud, I
3: should say. <laughs> well, there you go. As long as it pays the bills, right? <laughs> yeah. That's... that's I mean, uh, probably.
0: It's awesome, man. It's a different world, you know, going under there and actually experiencing what's out underneath your boat. I mean, that's truly that's really something else. I mean, the other day we dropped on a, uh, on a small wreck right off a of tarpon. And the amount of stuff we were seeing on that wreck, man, you, it would have blown your mind.
2: Well, there were probably no snappers and no Goliath grouper at all out there because according to the oh, FWC yeah, no. there are none.
0: Oh, of course. You know, not that I saw, you know, about nine Goliaths out there and three of them were bigger than I was. Oh, Ideal oh. six foot one, you know, two eighty. So I mean,
1: don't do <laughs> not mention that because they really do not want to know where they are.
2: No, they don't want to know that so that, <laughs> yeah, you, know, you know, gotta say
0: what wreck I was on or where I was at. <laughs> right. But
2: no. I i I used I will tell you that I, I missed it and I tried to I would like to uh my son when he was younger he wanted to to start and Talking with some other divers that I know, with Dean and all those guys who do caves and all that other crazy <laughs> stuff, Dude, but they're all like, "Man, don't! I know he can go in at this age, but don't go in because you know he's still got growth plates and all these other things that right, you know right. literally but, can stunt a child's growth." This, so uh,
1: I never, for me, I never really cared about diving deep, fifteen feet. For me, it was being able to get down there and work that lobster. And not have to just say oh, Exactly I am I'm, I'm close but now I gotta run up for air. I, I just you know, I just wanted to be down there in that little bit deeper water than not use a snorkel. Yeah. Or or scallops in fifteen feet of water. Well I mean right, for,
2: right. for for me, uh, you know, I think the deepest I ever went out was like sixty feet or something like that. I'm not I'm not a Bill Hardman who wants Ooh, to go nah, down, man. you know. Two hundred feet with nitrox and come up with a nine hundred pound grouper to win the St. Pete Open, but um, <laughs> <I didn't know. laughs> but now Tony, hang on, hang on a second. We got to take a hard break here, but we'll talk to you when we get back on the backside. Now that we know how to do it, all right. Sure. So don't so don't go nowhere. All right, we're broadcasting yeah, live out here at G Five Feed and Outdoors. We're talking with a uh, Tony Noble. He's uh, going to be talking about when we come back from break his blue descent divers and his uh, school and his instruction and all that stuff. So. Pay attention, hang out. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors and Brandon Ford. Stay right there. We'll be back. Okay. Oh, hi, Bill George.
3: Show. Yeah, yeah. We, are, we are doing a regular show here.
2: Today. Bill George here, Braden Gunn here, Vince Noble there, Toby Benoit sitting over there, and Tony's on the phone uh, calling in this morning as we broadcast live out here at G5 Feeding Outdoors. Tony, for all those who don't know, is uh, Tony Nobel. Uh, I don't know if he has an official title as his brother does, you know, Vince, of course, being the Don of Indian Rocks <laughs> Beach. AKA. I, A.K.A. But I think Tony is, is what? He's the the, the Don of the, the Prince of the Pool, or something? What do mean? What are we- something. I don't know. We have to come up with something. I've come known up with
0: this guy for thirty-something years, and I, I got to be honest—I have never heard him called the Don of anything. So, well, obviously, you don't listen to the show. <laughs> yeah, thanks for being a listener, he's,
2: buddy. He's the Don of Indian Rocks Beach. So, in <laughs> case you didn't know, we but, just
1: can also call him Big Shug or
2: Big Shug—one of the two. Now, of course, Tony uh, Tony Noble, being Vince's brother, and all, of course, we got to give him like uh, you know an hours-long free plug on the show. <laughs> um, so, uh, we're talking about his new company that he's put together with, uh, Teresa, Trish, Trish, Trish. uh, it's called blue descent divers. And, uh, of course, Tony being a master diver and Trish as well, yep. it means you're in good hands. And when you do your training and all that stuff, where are you doing this at? Are you going to Springs? Where, where are you,
0: where are you doing it? So it, um, it really depends. It depends on what you want going on. Now, your initial confined um, pool work for your open water dive. Um, Trish, as a lead instructor, has a pool that she just built into her, um, her home. So you'll be doing the basic stuff actually at her house. And then from there, you know, we can get you in the springs. Um, we're in the process of working with one of the charters to go out into the Gulf. We can possibly train you out in the Gulf. Or if you'd rather have a little bit more of a luxurious experience, we'll get you all the way down to uh, Almirada and get you trained down there.
2: Yeah, so then that's, really uh, that'd be a package nice package you want. Uh, I I always loved Isla Morada because you have two choices. You can do the Gulf side, or you can do the Atlantic side. So it's it's all very good. easily. Yeah, it's it's easy to do that way. Now, I know that a lot of people kind of go, "Oh, right, man, you going to teach me how to scuba dive in a pool?" What what are you doing? Dude, you know how many thousands, tens of thousands of people have come through Bill Jackson's, you know, out of the pool? Oh, my lord! I mean, oh, yeah. well, listen. Underwater is underwater, bro. <laughs>
1: and that, that is exactly I mean, right. And it costs a whole lot less to be sitting in a pool That's than right. down in the Keys to learn how to, well, here's A, the, here's the put thing. your I mask mean, you back on, on.
0: Anyway, you, you got to start in the pool. you got to show you know what the hell you're doing under the water. You can actually do the skills. You know what I mean? Because if you can't do those skills in a pool setting, what are you going to do in the open water?
2: Yeah, I mean, and plus, you know, you got the panic zone where if somebody in blacked-out masks or whatever, or the old drill where you had to put your equipment on with a blacked-out mask and, you know, had right. to clear the water out of your mask and things like that. If you get somebody who panics or whatever, it's easy to push off the bottom and you're at the
3: surface. And, and you know, I will right. tell you, yeah. I, I was that person when I first started trying to do the whole underwater thing. I, I got nervous and I got scared. One, I think the BC I had on was tight, so I was sucking down the air and I was getting lightheaded. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm underwater. I mean, we're in the pool, and I'm underwater, and I'm like, I'm, I'm pointing up. I'm getting signal. I'm, I'm going up, because you just you get that freak-out zone. And you, my problem is, I gotta it's, get out of my own head.
0: It's easy. It's easy to get that runaway yeah. train going on. You know, it's, especially as somebody who's never done it before, if you've never breathed on a regulator. I mean, it's something that it's a new experience. You know, your your mind's gonna flip on you.
2: I, I I'm 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 the complete opposite. I could literally sleep on the bottom. Yeah. I literally I mean, if 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 I'm breathing uh I mean when my father I used to dive with my dad and he'd have a hookah rig which oh, is Lord uh God. which is uh and I would literally just go and lay on the bottom and just just relax and just I could be there all day.
3: I could be there till my skin literally just flopped off of I, my body. When I was younger, I I could go into water without an issue. I don't know it is now that I'm in my older Deers? Why? I, I have no idea. But no where idea. The, why would you even panic in, in a situation like that? I, I have no... I, I can swim. I would go the water. I mean, I go to the beach. I'm underwater. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. I'm in the pool. I'm underwater. It doesn't bother me. But for some reason... it's Breathing as I put underwater? That, yeah, man. Having the snorkel. I, I did okay when we went out to the beach the other day. We snorkeled. We did great. I get back to the pool, and I'm like an, a, a wailing idiot underwater. I'm like, what's my problem? I, I went out. Mind over Toby, matter, you, man. <laughs> Toby, yeah. you could
2: probably... Uh, 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 testify to this or at least being i've seen people in 30 feet of water off madeira beach Uh, we'd go out there where the old uh culverts are all dumped and everything out there we'd always swim out there uh, for a lot of stuff and uh i remember we took one guy out with us one time who was new i think he drained a tank in about 10 minutes i mean you could literally hear him breathing underwater i mean just like (sighs) 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 i sound like darth vader man you know
0: you get air hogs out there that'll suck the tank dry. Unfortunately, um, guys have a tendency to drain their tank a lot faster than uh, women do. And It's just a physiological thing. It sucks, you know. Being my dive partner quarter size of me. You know, she's always looking at my air, saying, "But so when are we going up?" You know. <laughs> but, but I, uh, I think yeah, that a lot no, of people, I, I think a
2: lot of people don't understand that um, that air is being forced into your lungs under under pressure because there's no way that you can have enough lung capacity to. Run a hose all the way, you know, forty sixty feet up in, with up on the surface, and try to breathe through it. It's just not possible. But um, I always found it kind of interesting that not you got to get used to your lungs being filled once you open that valve on its own. <laughs> yeah. You're not doing it. All you're doing is just going. You're starting the initial breath. You're going, and then the rest goes, and then fills up. And then, and then secondly, learn not to hold your breath. The other one was you got right, the person yeah. who drains a tank in, in 10 minutes, and then you got the person who you hear breathe about every five or 10 seconds right. where they're like going. Right because <laughs> they don't want to run out or they're like ah, am I, I let it out I'll never breathe again it's
0: all about that systematic breathing man you don't let anything yeah. excite you you don't let it you know go crazy you want to let your tank last as long as possible without causing damage yourself you know
3: trust your equipment and I will tell you if you're about to learn to go scuba diving do yourself a favor before you even start taking your lessons go out and buy a pair of fins flippers and go practice just kicking in the pool
1: why? Because you if you don't there, have the
3: leg strength, yeah, you're gonna be killing yourself. That's what I've been. I've been practicing in the pool with the flippers.
4: <laughs> Cause yeah, you're man. a wimp. Now, how do you help yeah. out
3: somebody that's
4: overly buoyant? Weights, you know, that's all about, uh,
0: That BCD you wear, that uh, the compassy device. You got to make sure their weights are right. You know, get their weights. I'll tell you what, Toby. Just, level, I, you know?
4: just just snorkeling for scallops. I got to carry a couple of front end weights off of John Deere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Just> <laughs> we got.
3: We got cinder blocks and rope. We're good. I'll tell you what. You're going to take me to the Everglades. I'm going to get your butt in the water.
2: Neil. All right. Well, Toby, I got to ask you, Tony. Is what does something like this cost for you guys to go out and do a full blown get me from novice to to uh, going out and jumping off the side of a boat?
0: Sure. Um, If you're talking about going, you know, brand new, spank off the bat here, you're looking at uh, I think it's about 375 for a basic open water. Um, As far as where you end up going is where additional fees play into, you know, effect there if it's going to be down the Keys. Usually your boat's included, but lodging is not, you know. Something at so the what springs, I, we may have to juggle like admission to a spring if it's like a $5 admission or if we're doing like the grotto, which is like a $48 admission. It just depends on where yeah. we end up. I, I, don't
2: care, I don't care about any of that. I'm talking about getting taught to jump off the side of the boat and go to the bottom. You're looking at
0: 375 as the uh, basic open water. And if you guys are already certified and looking to up your game a little bit, we can teach anything from advanced all the way up to dive master, including yep. instructor at this point. So, well,
2: All I'm
3: right, Andy, hold day. on a second. Now, with that 375... Do you guys, when I'm taking my lessons, do you guys include the masks, the snorkel, the BCs, the tanks, and all that? Or do I have to come with equipment?
0: So we have a, uh, a group of gear that we've started up, and we're trying to include the gear in your cost. Um, if we're going to a different location, uh, your gear is included with your fee. So we're going to okay. make sure you've got a regulator. going to make sure you've got the BCD. If we got pins that fit you, great. Um, if not, we can get them from one of the shops that we are working with. But uh, your gear is included in the 375.
2: That's okay. not bad. That's good. That's and, awesome.
1: And I got a question. I I got certified back in the sixties, late eighties, late <laughs> the early nineties right. somewhere back then, and really have never done anything with it since my certification. And you know, is that something that can be refreshed or exactly or?
0: can be done? Um, a dive master within the group, um, like myself, I can sit you down, do a refresher course with you for I think it's fifty dollars. Um, all it is is we go through all the skills, make sure you know what you're doing underwater, um, and then we just got to do a dive together and I can check you off. Um, it's a matter of making sure you're competent in your skills um, and usually we ask a refresher if it's been a year since your last dive.
2: Well, you got to look right. at it this way. I mean, uh, my old man, you know, was I was making fun of Bill George, but my dad was scuba diving in the late 50s, early 60s when he started. And, you know, there were no such thing as – dive computers and everything else like that right. i mean they yeah. basically you know they timed everything with their bull of a dive watch you know you'd set it and 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 do it that way but it's a totally different world now and it changes so rapidly oh, we're like we're the technology with man yeah we're i mean so it's
0: spoiled.
2: it's getting to the point now where you could literally just go uh, talking to a microphone, I would like to stay underwater for forty-five minutes and no longer. I will <laughs> let you know, sir. I mean, that's pretty much done.
0: Yeah. Well, Tony, right. thank you.
2: Uh, we appreciate it. Where's the website? Facebook? Hurry.
0: Cool. Uh, www.bluedescentdivers.com or just hit us up on Facebook. Type in Blue Descent Divers and you should go right to the page. Appreciate it, man. Hit us up, man. Awesome,
2: Tony. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, go out and have a great weekend, good, brother. All right, little brother. Right, I'll you see you in a couple here. hours. Yeah. All right. All see right, you, buddy. Guys bluedescentdivers.com, bluedescentdivers.com, and also bluedescentdivers on Facebook as well. And I'll have them on out. my
3: personal page and on the Living the Water Life page. So you'll no find them. No one cares. Them. No one cares. Everybody cares. No one cares. It's all about me right Toby, do you care?
2: He said no. He's not a microphone, so he can't talk to us anymore. <laughs> all right, we're taking a break. We're brought to you by G5 Feeding Outdoors. Brandon Ford and G5 Feeding Outdoors. We'll be back.